Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Hi everyone and thank you for listening. Just before we jump into the interview, I just wanted to take a few moments to tell you what I actually do for my day job. If you don't already know, I'm Claire Riley. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Classroom Secrets. Now, as a company, we've been doing so much to support teachers, schools, parents and children throughout the tricky times that we have faced over the past few months. But the specific thing I want to tell you about right now is Classroom Secrets Kids. So it started as an idea in my head a few years ago. It was an online platform where children would be able to learn online. So back then, I obviously had no idea how needed it would be. But fast forward to December 2019, and we'd finally launched a free beta version that we were working on, you know, on the side. Well, coronavirus changed all that, obviously. And so we then used it as a platform to support children all over the world And we ramped up the work that we were doing on the site and we also really increased the number of activities on there. So we've got lots of video tutorials where our teachers teach concepts. And then we've embedded questions in those videos that children have to answer and get feedback on. So there's no need to remember to pause the video, which I know has been a struggle for us in our household during home learning. And there's no fear of passive learning where the children just wait to be told the answer after they should have paused, but they didn't. There are also games and activities on there so that children can practice and then demonstrate their ability to apply that learning as well. So why am I even telling you this? Number one, I want to make sure that you know about it so you can get the best out of the amazing free service that we're offering. You just need to go to kids.classroomsecrets.co.uk and set a team up for free if you haven't already. Number two, we recently added a new feature where you can assign activities for children and it shows up on their to-do list. You can also see who's completed it and what score they got. And number three, later in June, we have something really special coming to Classroom Secrets Kids that will really assist you with blended learning going forward and help you give each child a personalised learning experience wherever they're learning from. So thank you for listening to that. I don't often talk about Classroom Secrets on the podcast, But I feel it's really important to let you know how much value you can get for free right now. It might just really help you with your life-work balance moving forward and also help the children with their learning. So in this episode, I remotely interviewed Georgia Hibbard, founder of the Happy Child Agency. As many schools have returned this week for some year groups, I wanted to make sure that we were talking about the real issue, well-being. Georgia shares some great ideas and strategies to help children settling over the next few weeks before they have yet another long break from school. Personally, I'm just glad that there will be no homeschooling expectations of me with my four-year-old during the summer holidays. Let's get to the interview. So, Georgia, thank you so much for joining me on the Teachers Podcast today. You're welcome, Claire. Nice to speak with you. Um, so, unfortunately, we are still doing this remotely and um, we can't be in person, but we've just had a really good chat, so I think it's going to be a good podcast. Yeah. 
definitely yeah it's nice to uh zoom with you <laughs> yes i know uh, normally we use teams but for my podcast we use zoom um so do you want to just give us a backstory then tell me everything about your teaching life so far that you've done yeah sure um unusually um i didn't um leave school to be a teacher i was a bit of a late starter really a bit like the hare and the tortoise i was a little hare, a little tortoise um so i didn't start um my career in the classroom until i was 30. um but i remember being at school thinking I'm so, I was so enthusiastic about uh, lots of things and my enthusiasm really helped me get through my learning really and I love science and I love that inquiry and the finding out of the why and the oh okay why is it happening not the not the kind of the facts you know and so I really went on to be a um, work in science in the laboratories and um, I worked um, for Unilever developing and it's been in the news recently actually about monoclonal antibodies about the clear blue pregnancy tests with a team and then I went on to work in sales and marketing but um, all through the sales and marketing in my 20s I was really um, really rubbish to be fair <laughs> because I would rather go and see my um, my customers have a cup of tea with them and talk about how were they and then come out and then I'd forget to sell them any scientific equipment and then and then I thought actually I went into kind of more customer care side and when I and we did all the sales meetings my colleagues used to say you should be on Blue Peter Georgia because I'd be getting them up doing silly dances and all sorts of funny things to make it a bit more entertaining and um, and that made me think you know do I actually what are what are my skills as a person and I was a brownie leader as well at the same time because my mum was always a brown owl and um, my dad used to speak at lots of lectures all around the world as well with, with the cooperative movement my cousins two two of my cousins were teachers and um, my mum and dad used to say oh you know don't be a teacher Georgie we've got loads of friends who are teachers but all they do is talk about school and um, so don't, don't be a teacher, just do, just do what you want to do, but not a teacher. So, <laughs> so I went on and did, and did with science, but really deep down teaching is in my blood, you know, from my mum and dad and my mum was really creative. And um, I thought, you know what, I'm, I really, I'm good at caring. I'm really good. At, and I really want to ask lots of questions. And what do children do? They ask questions. And so I actually, um, went for I got took holiday from my, my day job my job didn't tell them and got in touch with my mum's friend Mrs Pillin and who used to be my teacher and I said could could I come along and just do a work one week's work experience with you and I'll take holiday from work and I did that in a local primary school to here and um, I absolutely loved it. So I decided then and there I was going to apply to university. And luckily I got in as a, ma a mature student, you know, because of my enthusiasm, half of it, I think. But mm -hmm. um, when, when I, I went to Manchester Metropolitan University and uh, met some great friends there as well, who I'm still friends with, as we are at, in our, my uni days. And it was amazing because I found Manchester to be such a brilliant place to learn because there were so many different local authorities linked to Manchester you've got your inner city you've got your rural you've got your different your Catholic schools all, all different sorts of cultures um, and people and that is when I really kind of thrived I loved it absolutely loved it I was always I was always kind of a like I say a bit of a tortoise at school never really 
academic really um i was in a brilliant class with lots of friends who i really loved and they helped me a lot you know and mm -hmm. and i always thought you know if it wasn't for my friends i wouldn't get there and if i wasn't i'm a social learner and a people person and um when i got to manchester i saw that the fact that you could you could infuse those little learners you could infuse those children and you could love learning with them and I think that was a big thing because I feel like I was my enthusiasm if you like was infectious then I could see these little people growing and developing and and being infused as well and that's what I really loved and and then from from Manchester stayed up there for a few years um it's the only it's the only time I actually excelled in my degree because I got first and I don't often say that but I was well, super well. super proud and my mum whistled from the gallery when we, when we were on the stage you know so mm -hmm. I, I'm very proud of myself because like I say I was a slow learner but I think it was just and when I actually got the grade I actually went to my lecturers and went I think you've made a mistake <laughs> so <laughs> I really didn't believe it myself because my my confidence has always been quite low um but um that was up in Manchester. I wanted to sort of start a family and looked closer to home. And I live in Northamptonshire and um, I love all the rural Northamptonshire countryside and the schools around here as well are brilliant, a real mix of different schools. So I looked for a school down here and I was really lucky to um, be in, uh, get a job in a kind of a a fairly new school it was only one year old and the head teacher was so lovely and caring and she was like everybody's mum you know the teacher that really takes you under her wing and she'd started with a new team the school was getting bigger so there was about four or five of us that all started together but because we started together we had that team connection straight away and the head teacher um Jackie Hibbert her name was she was so caring and 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 like we were talking about before, she gave everybody time. She gave everybody her time. If that's what you wanted to do, she said, go for it. So and I was always into, you know, well-being, PSHE, anti-bullying, that kind of thing. And, and that came from my kind of, you know, my old days. I was actually bullied at university but unfortunately, but my friends at the time really helped me and I got through that. And I just thought, I don't ever want that situation as a grown up, you know, my mm. confidence was low. And I just thought, you know, in schools, I've got to do something about this because they are, it, it just crushes you really, really mm. does crush you. Um, and then, you know, did really well at this, this school for a couple of years and, um, had my first child um but unfortunately and I don't mind talking about this because it's what who I am now um my little boy Jay only lived for two days so he was full-term baby lived for two days and it was complications through um through birth basically uh, but my friends were amazing they all helped us get through this awful awful time that i wish nobody could ever ever go through um and then it made me think about a lot of things and i still and of course i still wanted to be a teacher and with and and help these little people develop and children to learn and love learning and um I saw an ad or a friend actually showed me this advert and said it's a brand new school opening up near you 
um, it's still being built. Um, but the head teacher is interviewing at another school and um, it was much closer to me. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to, I handed in my notice at the other school because I, and the head teacher was so understanding because I couldn't go back to that school knowing that they'd, they'd been through my whole pregnancy with me. I shared yeah. scan pictures with them. They were so excited about me having the baby. And I just thought, I can't go back to that lovely class and explain. Yeah. I didn't have words to explain. They did. I didn't want them to hear such sad news and Jackie was great and I said I'm just going to hand him a notice and hopefully I'll get another job which was in the July and then this job came up as if it was like fate you know mm -hmm. anyway went for the interview uh, an amazing head teacher big shout out to Dr Lorraine Cullen and whoever has worked with Lorraine will know exactly what I'm saying she was such a positive um, great influence on me as a teacher and a learner um, that my my kind of role evolved really so she set up a brand new school Hall Meadow in Ketrim and started with a small team we all started together again really really brought that team together and she is almost like um, I feel like she's with me now She'll, she'll be laughing when she hears this because everyone that worked at Hall Meadow, it felt like she was part of us and she was on our shoulder, whispered like a little guardian angel. Mm -hmm. And she made everybody, um, um, I can't explain the words, she made everyone feel it's so good to be them to be you and um she gave us confidence and she gave us autonomy and she trusted us and she's a big believer in respect and we did so well in that school because she led it from the top she really helped us find out who we were you know do you know what i mean yeah. it's a bit like you know somebody holding your hand and saying you can do it you really can find out who you are as a teacher and um we did a project all about inquiry um for learning and helped our understanding of learning and how how we taught and how we are kind of like coaches and and instigators for these children's learning it should be from it should be from the child all the time and even now I think it is all about the child so whatever's going on in schools that I've been to since or whatever politics are going on or even now in this situation I, I am still grounded by Lorraine saying it's all about the child and that has kept me focused all of that time so it was great being part of such a successful team and our school was fantastic and and it um purple uniform so I've, I've, I've got purple in my company now and uh, we always we're still all, you know most of us are all still in contact with each other and um, Lorraine has moved on to other schools and set up all sorts of other things now but um, it, it was one of those turning points for me where I really wanted to develop mental health support for children so she enabled us to sort of really focus on what we really wanted to do as a as a teacher you know, and um, I just thought I really value helping children with their feelings and helping deal with their feelings. And going back through to losing Jay, um, I myself had bereavement counselling and I really wanted to know more about this. And I, you know, you know, kind of when you go through tough times, you want that kind of knowledge, don't you, to understand it and understand yes, how... Yes 
things work in your own brain. So I, I went, I dug deep basically, because I wanted to know more about this. Um, and through that knowledge, I was then able to kind of use my empathy and my compassion to actually help other people and other families. And there was a family there that really sadly, the little boy was in year one and his mum was expecting, but she miscarried at I think six months, seven months, mm. had a little girl. And, um, and so, uh, you know, Lorraine was like, well, how about, how do you feel about, you know, going into more of a wellbeing role in, in school? And there's lots of children that need, need support for well-being and I grabbed it with both hands I really really wanted this role and really wanted it and I support it I still remember that family and that little boy he's probably well I know he is he's grown up now he's about 18 now mm. and um and I still see the mum sometimes in the in the co-op she's going hi how are you and uh luckily she went on and had a another um I think she had another little girl afterwards and um you know, I think when you go through bereavement or a trauma in life, you really need support and you really value that forever. I know I do. And I did definitely. And I think that makes a difference in how you cope. And, and it made me think about actually how as a teacher, how am I helping children become more resilient? You know, it, it's, I was so lucky in, in my childhood. My mum and dad loved me very much. I had a great brother. I was, a, I was very lucky. I had great friends, lovely schools. I didn't really have anything go wrong. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have, you know, my friends, divorces, things like that. But I didn't, I didn't really have that. I was very lucky. So when something did go wrong, it hit me like a ton of bricks because all of yeah. a sudden the world wasn't happy. You know, it wasn't as... as a world I wanted to be in if I'm honest I, I thought this pain is so painful what do I do I, d I didn't understand what to do and then it makes you think as, as a teacher especially primary school yeah you're there for you know you want to teach them the the, the um, you know all your core skills and your subjects but we're there to help them with life skills as well and it's about being being the people that when you know show me a boy at seven and show me the man or whatever the expression is I can't remember but you know those those children when they are seven are still those personalities when you meet them when they're grown up there's you know they're and I think if you can teach them some resilient skills or some life skills then that is much better for them later on in life no matter what you go through because as adults or children sadly you go through all sorts of different things that affect our feelings and affect our mental health so had I not had various networks and various things in place I don't know where I'd be but I did and I was really lucky and I and that gave me a thirst then a hunger because I thought what an impact it has made to my life I want to know I want I want to be that person I want to be a teacher that that helps that child get through the tough times do you know what I mean yeah and 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 the, and the families as well the the as a teacher I think we you know we're all in it to make a difference really and and, and those little light bulb moments when you know when Jessica in in the classroom goes oh I get it now miss you know those those times you go yes this is why I'm a teacher but when you help a child and a family go through trauma or anxiety, 
the the feeling you get is 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 brilliant is to I just feel so proud feel proud for them proud for the families and and I just think that's that for me is why I do my job so so as a tick going back to the you know where I come from with my teaching I developed this well-being role and Lorraine in our school we were in a, like a cluster of schools with secondary and primary schools so then she was like Georgia you know what we you know what we could do every um, school in the cluster could have a Georgia could have a, a well-being lead how do you fancy developing it going around to the cluster schools you know uh, creating job a job title and 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 doing some training so sort of train these well-being leads up mm-hmm. and and that's what we did so um that was great because then I was I, another kind of thing to sort of challenge myself and my own development was you know supporting adults learning and through their you know well-being training and then a job came up in the local authority and a little bit like I was listening to Jane Considine. She worked for Northamptonshire as well. Mm. And uh, she said she worked for the local authority. And the local authority and the EP service were looking for a specialist mental health teacher. And I remember going on a lot, a lot of their courses. And John Farden, a colleague of mine, is another kind of little guardian angel. He, his courses were very memorable for me. And I thought, oh, I'd love to do his job. You know, you know when you aspire and you see a role model yeah, and you yeah. think oh that would be so lovely anyway um sure enough I was so lucky I got the job working with John Farden and I was like oh John it's you and um he did half of the county and I did the other half of the county as a little double act and um he was a great mentor and coach and we actually worked like I say for the EP service and we worked doing lots of support with the TAMS project which is targeted mental health in schools project so we did lots of staff training we went into lots of schools we supported looked after children like one-to-one went to a lot of meetings to decide about the training and and it was great it was great and but you know when you go you climb up a mountain and then you the view is a bit different to what you expect Mm. it's like oh I didn't really think I don't know whether I like this view Mm. I wanted I wanted I really missed the children I really I did work with some children but I really missed um working with a lot of children and um although I was training staff that helped children I kind of I I kind of want you know I felt actually maybe I should go back to being a teacher again and maybe I'll go down that route so although I was developing lots of things in in the authority I just thought my heart is with those children and those families and I'm not getting to them I'm not I'm not getting to them so I went back into teaching uh, for another five years and then went to do all my well-being stuff again as a teacher. Love Pat, Pat, at this point, I'm looking at you and thinking, <laughs> where, where, how, how old are you? <laughs> I've got very good genes. <laughs> okay. yeah. So I didn't start, so I didn't start till I was 30 and, um, and uh, always struggled getting a drink in the pub so <laughs> looked young and um and now I'm 52 so wow. um wow. Yeah, 50. about 42 ah, bless you <laughs> <laughs> it's the zoom lens <laughs> um I think I think as well in my turning point when I look back you know when you think oh at 30 I changed my career 
at 40 um i left my husband and uh and uh felt more confident about myself and found myself and at 50 i started my own business oh and i got married to an amazing husband <laughs> so oh. it, it must happen and you know i can't wait till i'm 60 god knows what's going to happen <laughs> but yeah so so when sorry I got, i'm going on and on about my backstory sorry but in the when i was at when i was at um working for the authority um they were really keen in developing a resource and sharing it with the rest of the county a resource that um i created with the children and the staff at hall meadow with lorraine and it was called a well-being wheel and um the authority loved it and i spoke to lorraine and she said well i said does hall meadow because we created it together is it owned by hall meadow and, and she she said and i agreed with her actually the children own it which really is true again she comes back to the child it's about the child it's so so true and um so the well-being wheel is a huge wheel imagine um the size of two children standing on each other's shoulders and um it's a bit like a pizza looking with slices like quarters and or six or eights and each slice is an area of well-being so it could be friendships it could be bullying it could be feeling safe it could be talking about feelings you know things like this mm -hmm. and um the staff decide what sections they would have depending on the context of their school so each wheel is unique to that school mm -hmm. and then the children develop and work on the pictures that go on the wheel and the pictures are all about solutions that help so in the middle of the wheel it says what can i do if and then so you might and you spin the wheel as well so the kids love spinning the, the middle section mm -hmm. and so for example um sophie's come in and her granddad died that weekend mum's really upset at the door she's 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 struggling to tell you that her, her you know dad died or whatever and um you get the gist because you know he's been poorly and you, you yeah. sophie's coming in really not showing what to do so you say sophie go and show um, mum the wheel the well-being wheel because on the section it's like what to do if someone somebody somebody you've loved has died Mm -hmm. so you, sophie and her mum go to the wheel and it gets because always they come right at the beginning of register time as well don't they when when so and so is charging through the door and yeah, another yeah. parent's waiting to see you about the homework and uh charlie's um attacking someone with the coat and you know do you know what i mean it's all going yeah, yeah, on isn't yeah. it and you're dealing with this very sensitive problem with with um with with mum and 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 the little girl or whatever and you're like oh my days i really want to talk to them but i can't so off you go and have a look look well being real so then they talk about the solutions that are on the wheel and the solutions are the things that the school does quite a lot of already or there might be various interventions going on with social and emotional um uh work mental health first aid kind of work or there might be a key worker or a key person they're like a well-being lead person and and then there's various initiatives on there that loads of different schools do like protective behaviors and things like that or there might be the friendship bench on there or different things or a helping hand on there and then they're able to talk and then they come back to me so it's given me the space and i say right let's book an appointment can you come tonight blah blah for a little chat then we go back to the wellbeing wheel together afterwards on our own and then we start talking about solutions for the family and for the little girl 
and then it helps that conversation well actually well what would you like to do what could we do together so it opens up that conversation it opens up that there are solutions already that we are doing school it's just that you perhaps wouldn't know about it yet um and it starts that journey of how we can hold their hands do you know what i mean so mm -hmm. this well-being wheel going back to this wheel um it was great because at Hall Meadow we did we invented it together and we now then could take it across the county so um lots of schools in Northamptonshire have got this wheel now um in their playgrounds in their halls in their schools it's been on Anglia News you know it's, it's kind of a resource that's also linked to how teachers track well-being as well so the outside sections are linked to what the teachers monitor so they can show progress when they have done an intervention or they mm -hmm. can track and monitor the children's support as well um, and we can show evidence of that by using those wellbeing trackers as well so it, it kind of puts the whole kind of package together of showing how we support wellbeing in the school supporting mm. that family and child and then showing progress the impact of that as well so it's lovely it's a lovely resource but the wheel was out there in Northamptonshire so one of the schools I did the wheel in luckily a job came up and said would you think about coming back to the classroom I said all right then <laughs> so I went back to the school it's not like I haven't been looking <laughs> no yeah so I went back there and uh, with me with me wheel my well-being wheel that I saw every day and um and then I thought, you know what, I was approaching 50, like, oh, 50, 50, 50, here we go, in denial. And I was thinking, actually, oh, I need to do something now um, to help more children because CAMS services were super stretched. Um, more and more parents were coming to me saying, well, I've applied for CAMS and it's two years I'm waiting. Or, or they were saying, well, we went there for the interview and they've said, we've not, we've not met the threshold. So what do I do? What do I do? So I was sort of trying to support a lot of families myself on my own, thinking, well, you know, I do know how to help these children because I've done it for years, but I haven't had the time or the opportunity to really help these families myself because I had a, a busy class you know I was I was a yeah. year five teacher was uh, you know with a lot of lot of children in there that needed my help as well and um you know and you think well I've got to bite the bullet here I've got to I've got to be brave I've got to take some of my own medicine and be confident believe in myself all the things I was trying to sort of tell the children and the families oh you know do this try this I was going Georgia I need to listen to myself mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and in that time I met Steve my husband now and he was he had he's got his own business and he went of course you can do it you're brilliant you know you, you can do it you can do it and you know finding someone that you actually you love and and they love you and you've got that support behind you mm. and um, I said right I'm gonna do it so uh, that's what helped me set up happy child agency and I'm so proud that I've done that because um I'm still able to go and teach I still do a bit of supply teaching as well because I'm still missing my children but I also now um and I think just keeping your hand in it's in my blood it's in my heart anyway um and I still go back to whole meadow and see them sometimes and St Edward's my favorite school in the world and who Lorraine now supports as the you know that oversees a lot of catholic schools now and um so that that connection between lorraine and i is still there and i kind of think that's fate as well 
when we've gone our own separate ways and I think oh she's she's still she's still whispering to me she's still helping me in my in my (laughs) my self-confidence and everyone who knows it would say that too but yeah so so that's 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 how I my little story sorry it went on and on but that's my little story of how I got through education and where I am now well you taught us quite a few things during that um (laughs) so what so obviously you do a bit of supply but what do you actually do to help children right now then how does that look yeah so it's kind of in two halves um half of my business is um still around training and going into schools and delivering lots of training on supporting bereavement uh, how staff can support their families um lots of work on anxiety workshops uh um uh, training on things like um, transitions for year sixes, uh, training on things that are based around practical things they can do in their classrooms, not sitting watching PowerPoints, training, that type of thing. But it's actually real things that I do and have done that I know work. And mm-hmm. uh, quite often teachers uh, really love those sessions because they can tell I'm a real teacher you know they're like you actually know our lives you know how mad it is and it's all very well I mean I used to go on some fabulous training with big folders you know lovely colored you know colored sections and uh and they'd say this is what you need to do do a peer mentoring course blah 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 blah. you go back to your school and you say to your head this is what we want to do it's brilliant oh we haven't got time for that it's all very you know and 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 it's it's about squeezing in some well-being things and mental health things into your normal teaching Mm -hmm. so it's about how do you kind of fit in protective behaviors which is a great course into your day when you've got everything else to shoehorn in you know from that curriculum that we we love um and it's about, as teachers, we are creative, aren't we? So it's about, oh, when we're doing traditional tales, we're going to do Red Riding Hood across the whole school and make it, you know, cool and trendy for the year sixes and, and sweet for the reception children. But we're going to talk about safety in it. And we're going to talk about, you know, the feelings of safety and the language of safety. And, and, and I know it's a few, ticking a few different boxes, but actually the message you're putting through for those children are the fundamentals behind mental health and well-being as well so it's about you know how we're clever we we do all this blended curriculum stuff now anyway don't we so we have to so yeah. it's about you know ideas training ideas for how we fit it in and then the other half of my business is about one-to-one support with families and children that are struggling with all sorts of things uh, behavior problems children's behavior problems um, anxieties and worrying about stress about going back to school about coping with friendships it's about loss and bereavement or loss of a loss dealing with that loss and and what i tend to do is um similar to cams really you know cams actually used to come to some of my training sessions um where i would say six to eight weeks with a child and their family and then i go through less i just because i'm a teacher at heart i like to have a learning objective and success criteria so each um hour i work with a child we have a set lesson and we might do say four or five activities usually quite creative um activities linked to mental health and well-being confidence self-esteem um grounding mindfulness um expression being creative and then they they keep their resort all their activities and their resources and photos and things like that in a folder and we also do a treasure map for the younger ones 
for primary age because I do teens as well up to 16 and, and we do a treasure map the first lesson and on their treasure map it's their island so it might be Jessica's island okay so let's think about something you really struggle with Jess you know oh, well I really struggle with my friends and they don't understand me and they're always arguing with me and I haven't got any friends and so okay this this could be mountains you know on your treasure map that they're really hard to climb up so let's do a big mountain range and then what else do you find happens well I get really angry miss and I, I just want to explode oh that could be a volcano on your map let's do a volcano what about a stinky swamp of of um quicksand you know that's when you get really stuck at things and you're not resilient and you can't get out of things and you or mm. your, your mind's stuck you know you've got you need to develop a growth mindset and so we 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 in the end we get this nice treasure map of all these different things on these every treasure map looks brilliant actually the kids love it um yeah. all sorts of crazy things on them and then each week we get the treasure map out I do a little assessment as well, informal assessment, talking to mum, dad, you know, whoever. And we get what we really want to change or what we want to work on and develop and improve. So each week we might take a slice of that or an area on the island. So then after we've done the activity, it might be some breathing techniques or it might be some um, self-affirmations, like believing in ourselves, but physic mm -hmm. physical ones. So they would write, add that to their treasure map. So they've got this, the kind of strategies on their map as well. Mm. So by the end of their six or eight weeks, they've got their treasure map with their things on and their solutions or and their te techniques yeah. and strategies. So it gives them an overview picture that they want to put in their bedrooms or whatever to sort of remind themselves. And they go, um, or parents can go back to the folder and say, actually, you've noticed struggling with friendships this week because we've had some holidays off. We're struggling with change, going back to a new class. Let's see what, you know, Georgia or Mrs. Happy, they call me, Mrs. Happy's got in the folder. So they <laughs> go back to their folder and then they can still use the things that we did together because i think it's about that empowerment isn't it it's about knowing yeah. what you can do for yourself or together as a family that helps as well yes and do you know what that's a really important skill to learn knowing what you can do for yourself mm. because the, there is a lot of that now isn't there you know well i, I don't want to help myself what is is there um all that passive kind of passive let let mum do it for me yeah you know? there's, there's that joke card isn't they um where it's um this this man gets done like a boat and um a speedboat and something else a helicopter yeah, yeah. and he says no no the lord will save me yeah yeah, yeah. and then he ends up going to heaven and, and yeah. god said well i sent you a speedboat and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and you've got to help yourself yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly and that that's what um the well-being wheel did as well because it's helping children and families to to see that what's out there but i think as well going back to my own experiences how I got through tough times was my friends were you know great but actually ultimately it's about what you do for yourself isn't it and it's about how you are able to actually say do you know what I, I really need to look after my mental health at the moment because I know I'm struggling what can I do what can I tell my partner to help me with what can I tell my friends to help me with because they're not mind readers they don't know and they don't know what helps you either and that's one of the things we I think is good in schools actually because some some people I've worked with it's really good to have the conversation around if you're wobbling if you're a bit wobbly how 
could I best help you? Because one of my friends would say, just don't talk about it. I, I come to school to escape. If you, if you cuddle me, hug me, be nice to me, I'll just cry. Don't, don't, don't do that because I need you to be strong. I need you to just, just distract me. So I'll go, okay. Another friend would go, I just want, can you just give me a hug and tell me everything's going to be okay? I go, of course I do. But you see how different people are so different. Yeah. But unless yeah. we ask, we don't know. You could put your, you know, I, I knew one person that really put their foot in it. You know, this, this, th- one of my friends was like, no, I really don't want to talk about it. My other, my other colleague didn't know that. She ran after her. Tell me, tell me, please tell me what I can do. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's about knowing each other and, and going back to relationships again, really caring about each other, having time for each other to actually know what, what helps one person and what helps another. And that's the difference, isn't it? And I think yeah. that's what you need to teach children to know what helps them. Some of the children I, I, I support, they are massively creative and I, I think that there is a link between anxiety and creativity. I, I th- I'm sure there must be and there must be studies on it. I'm, I don't know about that yet. I think I might delve into that area later on, maybe when I'm 60. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that um, if you are quite a creative person naturally, if you are not using that, if, if you imagine, if you're not using that creativity I imagine it as a little person or a little creature. I say, hi, hi, um, creativity. If you're not using it to be creative, it gives you, it, it, it transforms it into anxiety. So actually, it, it, your brain then worries about lots of things. But mm. if you're creative, you're using that, whoever it is, to be creative because I I know that when I help children to be creative whether that's music art whatever poetry rap whatever they are feeling more control of their anxiety definitely finding a way to express themselves as well Mm, definitely definitely yeah how how then obviously we're if you're listening to the podcast in in a few months time then Mm. we're was in the middle of lockdown ish we're just kind of coming out of it so today yeah. was the first day a lot of um children were at schools first of yeah. june yeah um how can schools then manage the year six transition coming up it's a tricky one and i think that is so important for those year six families um i know a lot of my students at the moment are year sixes and uh some of them are uh, really desperate to see their friends before they kind of leave and some of them are thinking well i don't really want to go back to school because i've already kind of left but i don't know how to start a new place and it's almost like that mm. they it's similar to kind of loss and bereavement as well. You know, when you have to kind of be able to accept it and, and live with it and deal with it and, and say your goodbyes mm. be, to, to move on, to move forward. And they need a way to say goodbyes to whatever it be. It's a goodbye to their life, really. A goodbye to their, not their life, a goodbye to their primary life and yeah. a way to step forward to their secondary life. So it, I would say, you, you know, the, all your lovely teachers are, you know, being very creative and out there online, as well as some that are coming into school. I think um, a lot of schools have got it right from what I've been reading. They're 
are doing lots and lots of mental health work and well-being work i'd really start with um self-esteem and self-confidence i think they really need to feel um incredibly strong resilient talk about examples of where they've been resilient before in their past because you know some children will say oh i can't do it well actually do you remember that when you learned to ride a bike you couldn't do it to start with then but now you can mm. so actually look at examples of where they found it tough but that they've got through it think of examples of where you can change your thoughts so from negative thinking patterns to positive thinking patterns there's loads of really um good worksheety type things or practical things on pinterest i love pinterest uh, anyone that knows me knows i love pinterest and <laughs> um and and you know they can be they can help each other so the year sixes can kind of like roll role play with each other well i could be the negative you be the positive right you be the opposite you be the opposite so about that changing thinking and it's about um getting them prepared to how to make new friends you know how to start off that conversation on day one let's especially after quite a while of not really seeing anyone as well yeah or having three topics to talk about you know whether that be um the game they're playing online or whether that there's a, a funny YouTube clip they've been watching because they're all on that. So mm -hmm. it's actually something in common that they can then ask somebody else about because sometimes, or even if they have it written down as a little post-it note in their pocket. So at, at lunchtime, they could go to the toilet, quickly look at their post-it note and then have it fresh in their minds. Well, I can, if I'm next door to someone in the dinner queue or I can say, Hey, have you seen that clip with so-and-so and so-and-so or who do you follow? you know on on youtube so it's giving them the prompts and the cues of what to say to make to start that friendship off yeah i and, found it sorry go on yeah i was just gonna say and, and dealing with the anxiety i would say um you know I'm, I'm doing year six workshops on zoom actually for some schools um but it combines the understanding why you feel anxious actually understanding how your brain works as well really helps the year sixes because it's it's making them feel less fearful of an understanding what their body's doing so teaching them about their fight or flight response and you know that you know, lots of people have called it like the chimp paradox or the you know the mm -hmm. alarm bell go i call it an alarm bell going off and actually make friends with that say hey anxiety i've got this thanks for popping in but you know what? I've got this now and I know what to do. And actually yeah. doing a little stepped plan as well. I help children develop just five things they can do during the holidays and maybe the weekend before they start secondary school and to help them to, to kind of being more control of their thoughts. Yeah. So it's about what they enjoy doing actually getting that balance back and building up their mental health fitness and I I call it that because I think um you know we talk about physical fitness don't we and we know we should be you know going for a run or going to the gym or doing your Zumba class and um we know that and we know it is good for us and it's fun well actually we should also be developing our mental fitness because that way it helps us to be strong mentally because anything that comes along along the way like a change like secondary school we're ready for it you know we've got our armor on we've got our shield and we're ready for it and we're ready to actually see it as a positive thing and not a negative thing so i would say transition really is is uh, those year six students it's about self-belief self-confidence feeling strong, feeling good at who they are, being confident of who they are and actually knowing some things to say when they meet new people. 
as well. I think it's interesting because quite um, obviously I've been looking at um, the kind of social media and, and a lot of teachers realise how important it is to get year six in and some teachers are like no year six are the right year groups to bring back but it's difficult really because when you think about it it's easy to think oh well you know they've, they've left now and, and that's that but when you look at it it's it's a very important milestone that has kind of been taken away from them mm. and, and just, just, just as we were talking then um it just reminded me um of so we actually had IVF for our uh, first child Hattie and yeah. um I remember when we when we'd had it, it was like well you know that's all that's over in your life now um mm. that whole mm. you know four years worth of oh, yeah, uh, stress yeah. and, it, and it's just like no no it's it's not over you still um one thing I realized because we've it was interesting that you talked about uh, loss we've had quite a bit of that in in uh, my close family mm. and um so it was more about the grieving of the child you never what had been Yes. 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 So yeah, the yeah, milestones yeah. you've lost. Yeah, but it didn't happen yeah. when I thought it would happen. It happened yeah. later, and it's the same thing for the year sixes. If I don't yeah. get the year six that I thought I would have, I'm going to miss out. Yeah, that yeah. And it's that and I'm never going to have. And don't forget, in primary schools, we 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 set ourselves up really because it all leads to this year six, doesn't it? Look at the leavers assembly. Look at the yeah. production they do their um, economic. Um, you know financial project they have the hoodies they have the parties they yeah. have the big sats builder oh it's the sats 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 you know we're, we're all leading to this year six okay even though it's actually building on every year <laughs> but you yeah. know it's, it's we can't all help the celebrations it. happen there yeah. the parents as well it's a big milestone for them because it's a massive difference as a parent I know my, my child's 16 now I remember thinking Oh my God, I walk to school with him. I pick him up. Um, I know all his friends. And I know, importantly, I know all his friends' mums and dads. I know the families. All of a sudden, it's going to go to this massive school. I don't know any of the people he's going to mix with. I don't know their parents. I, he's got to get on a bus himself. Oh, my days. He can't even get dressed sometimes himself. You know, yeah. oh, you know he can't, you know, loads of things go through your mind. You think, how on earth? that it's your loss as well you are saying just like when you waved goodbye when they were four or five going to primary school for the first time you had lost your little babies growing up the same happens when they're year six all of a sudden you know all those photos are all over facebook with them in their secondary uniforms it's because as parents we're saying our tr we're getting to used to that transition as well that's our way of dealing with you know we're talking to our friends about our children growing up don't you look so grown up you know she's had a haircut into a bob now doesn't she look grown up you know all that kind of thing and and it's our coping mechanisms as well so although sometimes i think parents you might be at home thinking or oh, I don't want to send my year six back or maybe it's not better for them I think you've got to think of it as um help them with what suits your child um you and I think that's why I kept it quite general when I said what could help the child mm -hmm. because as a parent at home you could help with those sorts of things and as a teacher you could help with those or as a teacher you could send those things home do you know what I mean those sorts of activities yeah and it's what the child wants as well isn't it like it is. obviously we had a conversation before that my daughter can't wait to get back to school she mm -hmm. she loves school so much but 
and I'm really pleased that she does. Yeah. But not every, every child is like that. And no. um, I think in primary school, I'm not sure I would have wanted to go back. In secondary, I would. Um, mm. But I'd have been, I'd have probably thought, in fact, my nephew my, is really happy he's not going back. So. Yeah. Uh, what, a couple of my students, I was supporting them for anxiety and uh, anxiety led on by SATs and um, friendship falling outs and that kind of thing. And, and a lot of anger as well and behavior, like controlling their anger. And actually, um, they're really, they, you know, since lockdown, they've said, oh, we, we don't really need you anymore, Georgia, because I've never been, they've never been so happy because they're at home, they're doing creative things, they're doing yeah. more sports every day, which has helped with the expression as well. But then there are those, those children, those same children are going to feel really anxious going to secondary school mm. because they've, they're, they're putting their head in their sand as well. You know, like they're, yeah. they're kind of protecting themselves. They've got everything they want right now. Yeah, and, and slowly through the holidays, we as teachers need to help them build up their strength to go back mentally to school, to that routine or whatever meets them there. Which is why I think, you know, you said about um, uh, schools doing little videos of what, what they're likely to see. And yeah. I've seen some fact, St. Edward's School did a brilliant thing on, for their, on, sorry, on Twitter, um, little um, photographs of what the school looks like so they know what to expect. And yeah. before, obviously, at transition, uh, the secondary schools used to get visits, didn't you? Well, they can't do that now, you see. Yeah. So they can't go and find out where the toilets are, you know. And those are the things that a year six child worries about. You know, will I get to go to the toilets or, you know, where and, I get And lost? when can I go? To, to be fair, you know, we're obviously we were talking, so Hattie's um, teacher has, has sent a video about Brilliant. school, which is, yeah. which is great. Um. And, and that makes me happy as well because she talks about the, the protocol. Yes. Um, but it was just making me think just then, you know, yes, um, children are anxious about it. But as, as an adult, I'm anxious. So yeah. and I'm, I, I went to Matalan the other day because I desperately needed clothes. And I was like looking up online trying to find any information of what the protocol is when I get there. Yeah, I want I want to know like where I've got to queue yeah. up because I, one I don't want to look like an idiot. Two I don't want to waste time. <laughs> yeah, Three, yeah. I, I just I just want to know. And I think it's not just children, is it? Like no. we want I to see. know what is the protocol at this place if we go there. Yeah. What's the protocol at that place? And so we we <laughs> we kind of need to know what the preparations are. Yeah. What's expected of us. That's it. And actually, in that stepped plan I talk about, some of those things are thinking ahead like that with your children. So it's about going to the school in the holidays, just your journey there. It's about, I talk about with my children, um, you know, like orange squash and a glass of orange squash, you'd never drink it neat, would you? It'd be taste horrible. Whereas you add a little bit of water, it tastes a bit better. You add a little bit more water, it tastes a bit better. So each time you do something that's a bit scary or a bit nervous, nervous each time you do it again it's less nerve-wracking it's less because mm. you because you you're getting yourself familiar with it so think of that orange squash when you're getting ready for secondary school so think of it like well I need to try my uniform I need to go and um uh, meet maybe meet a friend on the corner so we could walk in together because that friend is somebody I know already um you know talk to my friend the night before so they they we both talk about our feelings together talk with each other so it, I'm not on my own you know go to that and and also as as parents um we should also have a little plan 
you know we should always you know you know please i hope we haven't got a crucial meeting a crucial zoom meeting where we we drop our secondary child off at the bus stop go home and have a cry and then we've got to pretend to have an important meeting on zoom so mm. you know we think plan as well as parents and as teachers as well you know plan those moments well don't book that important meeting the first day your child goes back you know or actually the second day the second day sometimes is harder than the first mm. day that's also another thing so because the first day it's kind of nervous but a little bit exciting the second day is reality oh I've got to go back in there again and really yeah. really go for it you know yeah. and if I had a bit of a wobble the first day the second day I don't want to go in so it's actually really being confident and helping having all those things ready for the second day <laughs> It's quite funny just talking about this because you think that we get better at this kind of thing, but we don't because um, <laughs> I've got a colleague who's um, got a young daughter who's who's going back to a childminder and has taken the week off yeah, just, just in case. Yeah. And so we think about that for a, for a yeah. baby, um, yeah. which is, you know, she's becoming a toddler. But, um, but then I've also uh, known somebody who, um, who sent their child to reception and um, it, it wasn't really like keen on going and um anyway he, he went on his first day and he came home and he went oh well i've done reception now um, <laughs> do i need to go again <laughs> next year again. <laughs> yeah he's like is it love now <laughs> not every day yeah we're like what yeah <laughs> and we don't just change, imagine do we you know no, a new job no. is so nerve-wracking it and, is um, the night before you don't sleep you know, it's all new things. It's just yeah. like that orange squash. The first time you taste it, it's not very nice. You know, and if it's if it's scary for you. And yeah. even supply teaching, which you'll know as well. I used mm -hmm. to, um, I used to do a lot of supply teaching. Yeah. My husband, Dad, used to say, "I don't know how you do it. It's like starting a new job every day." It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, but I've, I've got used yeah. to starting a new used to job. It. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it is like that. And and also you get real you realise actually that there's certain things that you probably do already without realising that actually gives you those emotional wings, those those kind of thing. So for example, it might be, you know, like your lucky pants or whatever, or you you know, you put I even tonight talking to you obviously was a bit, bit nervous to start with but you make it easy so that, that's lovely but I put on some nice perfume not that you can smell it but it made, it made me feel nice you know because that helped my confidence and it's about I feel bad because I didn't do anything oh <laughs> well next time you're nervous do it <laughs> i didn't make i made a cup of tea and that was nice yeah. um, <laughs> okay so then um what would you advise? So obviously, you know, some schools went back today. Some schools are going back to a bit later. But, mm. you know, what do you think the first few days or weeks should look like? You know, how would it be different in reception to year six? Yeah, I think um, I think teachers are doing, from what I can see, from what I've read, from what I've seen, teachers are doing a brilliant job at the moment. You know, hands up to hands you know, big, massive round of applause, sound innovation yeah. for those school staff. Uh, and I think we have to trust them. I think we have to trust the fact that they know the children, that they're, they, they're mm -hmm. doing the best for the children, they're working hard. So a little bit of those, you know, like you said about protocol and about a routine, mm -hmm. little bit of routine always helps security and helps you feel safe. Lots of um, 
this is you know instructions of uh, lots of visual things where you stand and what you what what the, what you're doing um, mm-hmm. but also to think about um relaxing a little bit as well and and trying to make them um feel calmer and happier doing things that they like to do so mm-hmm. i think um you know really being a good role model for them you know, not feeling flustered. I know it's really hard, but you know, we're great actors, aren't we, teachers? We yes. we go on stage. That's every the job. Day, That's the job. It is. It is. So we can do this. You know, teaching assistants as well. Everybody in school, we can do this. It's a stage. You know, we've got to make them feel as calm and safe as possible. And you know what? School is a safe place. Every child I speak to, I always ask them how safe do they feel at school and how safe do they feel at home. Every child I've spoken to, they always feel safe at school. They know the staff are there to look after them and make them feel safe. And they've got to feel reassured again in these times and then not let all the, um, like, say, for year six, there would be more they will know more about the media and what mm-hmm. everyone's saying in the press and actually protect them a little bit from that maybe or as parents or families don't talk about your worries so much in front of them because yes. they will be listening to this without you realizing yeah. especially the lovely weather in the garden having a barbecue and you're yeah. chatting to your friend um, in the next door garden of course we're all really speaking really loudly in our gardens at the moment because of social distancing i know our our neighbors we have great chats and i think the whole village can hear us the children hear us too so therefore be conscious of what you're saying in front of your children because they will be picking it up and they might be having a little bit of anxiety because of that as well so i think as well keep it happy do lots of like singing and um sports and physical things lots of things to express being creative would be fantastic in in a, in a kind of a nutshell i think that if um luckily that with all the bubbles that are going on i think if you have a smaller group rather than a class of 30 hopefully you've got a smaller group you'll really get to know your children really well and i think mm-hmm. that's a fantastic opportunity you know it's all about relationships isn't it and it's about knowing the child and them knowing you so i'm hoping in the next few weeks you can really you know have some fun with it and actually go with what the child wants to do as well you know that inquiry approach to learning go with what they ask about and really get them asking lots of questions about all sorts of wonderful wild things and let them be part of their learning journey let them feel in control would be really good and also the simple things as well i think we've all realized over the last 10 weeks um things that we'd forgotten about yeah um, and kind making of cakes things like that yeah reconnect <gasps> with things I think about my summer holidays a lot as a as a child and and I think I've already rethought like how how even summer holidays might be with the children um mm. because mm. it's like well why weren't we doing that why were we not mm. happy to do that so we had a conversation I... the other day and <laughs> it's so funny because my mum and dad um they've got a caravan obviously nobody can go um <laughs> so we, we you know we, we're lucky enough to be able to to go sometimes and then um, so i said oh if we if we go well look that you know the coffee shops might be open and what do we like to do so if we if we went on the beach we'd probably have to stay there all day because there'd be nothing to do and we like to get a coffee and i'm thinking right why do we go buy a coffee in a disposable cup which i'm against yeah. anyway that tastes yeah. bad 
Yeah. Actually, if I made it in the flask, I'd have a nice coffee. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, well, I'm thinking already, like, how would I prepare if I was on this yeah. holiday? But actually, it would be cheaper and be better. Mm. So why, mm. why would, do we not think like that before? And I think, I mean, that's just a simple example but it's, it's, of, but of, it's, a, of a shifting mindset. Yeah. And why also... And also, I we we talk about um, in our sort of mental health worlds. Um, we talk about you know a slow a snow globe with mm. glitter in it, and we shake it. Our everyday lives are a lot like that, with our glitter everywhere, and our and especially our teachers, we're spinning plates like mad, aren't we? And um, and quite often we just need like we have just had this chance to let that snow or glitter settle, yeah. and then we can see through, and we can see clearly. We can see clearer so it's things like you know for me um I didn't I'm taking more time doing things because everything I did before was in a rush and now I've actually got more time to bake a cake although I've not I've got to stop doing that because I keep eating them (laughs) and that's that's (laughs) why I'm good at cooking but not good at baking yeah (laughs) so I don't want to eat them well I do but I'm I'm doing my clubber size via zoom now so that's good and my best friend's a a zumba teacher as well so she's brilliant so as a role (laughs) model but um no you know when you think um you know taking the dog for a walk looking at the blue skies do you know what we did on Saturday my my husband and I were a bit mad we've got a little caravan as well mm-hmm. and um and we we kind of got the one of these really old 70s style ones and then we ripped everything out and then did it all up inside so it's all mm-hmm. kind of retro and yellow and gray and and, and uh white and um we call it honeybee anyway on a saturday night we go away because we go in our caravan <laughs> at the end yeah. of the drive for a night away and on saturday we've got hammocks as well in our garden and they're proper camping hammocks and we slept outside on saturday night and just looked at the stars and we looked we saw the space station and 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 talked and drank some wine and um and just enjoyed being outside all night long and listened to all sorts of strange noises but it was yeah. it's things like that the, the simpler things things that actually are needed to we need to kind of take stock of and we need to really appreciate it's not that buying a new outfit every weekend or it's not you know the expensive handbag or whatever it it is those you know lighting a fire and toasting marshmallows with your friend if you can you know yes yes no you're completely right and I think we 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 got to a point where we really needed to take stock and, and step back for all those kind of things um so we yeah we've been eating outside a lot mm. because we've got a south facing garden and and Lovely. you know it's it's not a huge garden but we kind of got a nice setup now and you know I sit there sometimes and I think this is better than kind of being abroad and going to a cafe mm. <laughs> And also, one of the things about, um, I really love a website called Action for Happiness. Have you heard of it? No. Action for Happiness. It's a great website because it's for adults, really. But it's, it talks about the 10 um, keys to health, uh, happier living. And these 10 things, basically, are they spell out great dream, like an acrostic. And I do an assembly on it and, and help children to see it. And lots of children in Northamptonshire have been using it, actually. Um, and it's about, one of the things is about uh, having me meaning in life and actually learning something new and a lot of the lockdown situation has been about learning something new whether it be you know learning to ride your bike because you've had time to and we've been outside or whether it's um learning a guitar or learning a language or something like that and I think that is one of the best things to do during the school holidays rather than just it's school holidays but actually 
learning something new that you've never done before because at the end of it although it's hard to start with you feel dead proud of yourself don't you you feel like yeah. I've just learned my neighbor's been brilliant he's helped us to do a patio and he's taught me how to lay the patio slab so me and my husband my husband did the job of, of the mixing the concrete mm. <laughs> but I <laughs> wanted to do the tile bit I wanted the glory job but I wanted to learn how to lay a patio so I've got builder's muscles now but um it was it's great because now I'm looking at my patio and going Wow, yeah, it is a little bit wobbly in places, but you know what? We did that together, and it was yeah. something we did together, and it was something new that I learned. And I think kids, kids should learn something—not just maths and English. They should learn something. Oh no, I don't, I don't know, something creative as well. And what's nice about that is that's where you sort of come into your own. So when you're at school, everyone's learning the same thing, but that's when you can learn something different that's mm. unique to you and maybe what yeah. your friends aren't learning. And, and that's the kind of creativity you get as an adult. So it's kind of an insight into that. Yes. It's interesting because um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and um, which is probably why I started the podcast. But um, <laughs> one I've been listening to recently um, kind of said um, to kind of have a happier life. Mm. Write down a list of all the things that make you happy and yeah. it's the small things. So I've really been considering this and, and trying to add things as I think of them. And then once you have your list, you know, surely the, the, the key to it then is just to make sure you have some of those in your day. And I thought Absolutely. That's yeah. Thing. So there's a tip for all the teachers out there. Write the list of all the things that make you happy. And it might yeah. just be like I wrote, you know, having a, a latte at home like I'm talking about putting putting the milk in the microwave you know it's really it's just a a milky coffee yeah um with with instant coffee but it's a nice brand and and sitting outside but the key is to not have my laptop open because obviously I have a lot of work to do yeah and um it's like you know how could I fit that into my day if it's a nice day probably could yeah and it's things like you know with me and my husband always say you know a cup of tea in bed you know that's you know you can't do that for yourself can you so actually doing it for somebody else gives you that feeling of happiness too so it's mm. about that kindness those acts of kindness or you know it's actually you know that's easy enough to do as a family i think and talking and actually making that a habit what who have you made smile today and I say that every week. I think, well, what, you know, who have I made smile today? And not necessarily, you know, or this week, you know. Or, and it's about, like you say, having that balance or, you know, when that, that, that moment, you know, when you get into bed with fresh bed sheets and they oh, smell yeah. all, all lovely. Oh, love Just little, yeah, well, little things like that, you know, it is taking I'm going to write that on my list. Yeah, making you happy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Make me happy. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. So, um, and it's you know, for me, a big cuddle with my dog that makes me happy as well, and and just lots, yeah. you know, everybody, teachers, like you say, we should all sit and write those lists. Definitely, definitely, it's a good idea. Sometimes, especially when you're in in the thick of it and you're working so many hours, you need to know what what things are important to fit in in that downtime. Um, yeah yeah so it should help and, and also when you're feeling like I say when when these children are going back to school on them or, or today they, they might have done it or year sixes some of them aren't going back till next week I know um to do something they love that weekend or that night to actually release some feel good 
you know, feel good feelings, you know, because that will release, relieve, um, relieve the anxiety and then talk about that, what you did at the weekend on the way to school. Oh, do you remember when you got that marshmallow and it, it set on fire and it, it was tasted so lovely and da, 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 da. you know, it's about reliving those happy memories. Cause mm. one of the things I do for children is they might make a little, um, anxiety box or a little box with all lots of lovely things in or little treats in and that could be photographs of things so it's I always say what was your one of your happiest memories it might be a holiday or it might be you know when I got my rabbit when, when it was a baby or you know things like that and and they have a little box a happy box or a happy hamper I call it as well and in the happy hamper they have lots of lovely little things that make them smile so it could be a sit that that's why for me smells perfume is really important and I'm, I'm very sensory I'm very touch feely smells you know for some people it could be some music you know yeah but um smell is is that uh, i think i read somewhere smell is a really strong um like a memory connection memory it is and, and yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. you i smell something and i just get a memory of something random yeah um, it's good so for smell be really important. it's good for bereavement and loss because um and it's also good for you know like attachment issues or um so for example um we talk about having a transition object or a transition thing or sense so if somebody is really super anxious about change then if they have something that they have attached a good emotion to they could take it with them in their bag or they might um have a smell of their mum their mum's favorite perfume on a on a hanky or something in their bag so if they wanted to just feel just have a breath have a moment and go to the toilet take their bag with them and smell and imagine you can visualize then imagine your mum's with you it's okay you're going to be all right you know so then that that it's using your senses really so things like as well um, favorite meals as well taste is really good as well you know when mm. it reminds you of that holiday or it reminds you of that Christmas that you had or mm. you know so and and actually I forgot to mention back in my my life before before teaching my first job in a laboratory was as a perfume laboratory assistant so I used to make with all different chemicals different um, fragrances for lots of different products and I used to work with top perfumers and they you can actually train your olfactory organ you can train it to be more sensitive to smells as well so you can um, develop it if you like like a muscle if you like but you can develop taste and you can develop your sense of smell so it's something that you can um, improve do you know what I mean so mm. if you wanted to connect with different senses you can do that as well so you could right. go on a herb uh, you know uh, um, I do things with herbs with children so I'll get different herbs and have to guess what it is and um, all linking back to being aware of your senses helps yeah. you with your feelings as well yeah and it goes with mindfulness as well because sometimes with mindfulness um it's great but for kids it's not accessible sometimes because it's all a bit airy fairy wishy-washy you know Mm. oh imagine you're a feather or whatever and i'd rather make it real for them and say oh let's make it a game you can be mindful while you smell some sage or some rosemary or you know and or um tastes some different tastes you can still be mindful but be be doing an action as well so it keeps them it they can relate to it easier yeah yeah okay and so 
when do you think then schools should be returning to some kind of more normal structure formal structure well i think um I'd have to say September really for a bit of formality mm. structure. I don't think we can all sit here and predict because we don't know about the second wave, if that's going to yeah. come through and schools might close again. Um, but I think as well, um, I know um, my friend's doing a study at the moment with blended the blended curriculum mm -hmm. and it's about how we're linking the learning online with learning in person as well. And I think that's going to be more of the norm in the next term. But we mm. can also... We can, you know, maybe that's a good thing. May I'm thinking that I'd love schools to be a bit more like that because actually the working real world out there is like that. It's a global um, world mm. now. And sometimes schools are great at their technology stuff. And I love Mr. P with all of his technology stuff. I've had lots mm. of training. And uh, I think we, you know, we need to get more on board with this in schools because all my friends that are in industry, they're all doing, they've been doing Zoom for years, you know, a few yeah. years at least anyway. Yeah. So I think actually it's our, it's our responsibility to teach our future generation more about how we can access learning in different ways. So yeah, it is, it is interesting because um, I interviewed um, Ben Cooper, um, who's in Dubai recently, and um, their schools they're not going back till september they'd normally go back in august but they can do that because they were already so much more set up for yeah yeah this exactly. kind of thing and and for us it's been more difficult whereas us as a company like we've not really struggled with the home working because most of the company did it anyway mm. um you know we we were really ready for that whereas i know that other other companies have struggled so mm. september um depending on what happens depends um, yeah this is it so how would you suggest then that schools support families and children who have maybe lost loved ones due to COVID-19 yeah that's a that's a really it's a really sad thing because obviously the the, the numbers are up and and um it's it's quite typical that it will be an older relative as well with the with the mm. data isn't it um and I think that it's really important to be able to um talk with a key person in school and have time with that key person so it could be you know they might be a well-being lead in your school or it could be a TA that actually knows loads of the parents you know that the TA that it's like a mum herself you know lives, and she's, lives lives next door to everyone yeah absolutely yeah. there's always you know there's one they're, they're fantastic I, I I love mm -hmm. um the TAs I've worked with that like that and that they they are so natural to talk with to talk to and talk with you know mm -hmm. and um I would say they um have some sort of bereavement training if they can to access it there's brilliant websites called Winston's Wish and uh, bereavement um, uk i think they are and they have some great resources on for schools as well as for parents as well um and I'll, that's a good starting point and i would say that if they could access some online bereavement training i know i'm i know i'm not selling it but i'm i do access i do deliver bereavement online training and um and and then set up almost like I said about myself, set up a few weeks, a few sessions with that young person and the family and, and direct it to creating a memory box, creating mm -hmm. some things together. Um, and then they've, they've got, 
their the ownership is with them and they it empowers them and then they've got something to keep after your sessions so you can they can still revisit it um, and it's about um thinking about that person you know the the lovely memories and and being able to cry as well and and or not cry you know it's there's no there's no formula and yeah. and there's a great video on winston's wish actually um that talks about how you learn learn to live with bereavement and how you it's not it's not a a cycle and then it finishes it's not like that anymore it's everyone has their own model of grief and loss mm -hmm. and it's actually about learning to be part of it and that that little that little ball inside you you just you grow but the ball stays the same inside you but it's about mm -hmm. you living with that and how you can and there's all sorts of lovely companies nowadays as well i see where they um make little teddies from the clothes of lost of lost yeah, family yeah. members and and one family I've, i met recently they had a little elephant um made with some children's clothes because they lost a child so mm -hmm. and and doing things that way or making patchwork quilts i've seen that in a fabulous way as well people doing family quilts together and using the material and talking about stories of holidays and that sort of thing yeah. so it's about um keeping those memories alive in a positive way I guess every child's different as well. It depends mm. how old the child is, what memories yeah. they have. Because you know, this might be a great grandparent or something. Yeah. Um, but also, it's interesting because I was kind of thinking just then, thinking it through. Like, you know, what does that mean? Obviously, if they've had COVID nineteen, the child wouldn't have been able to visit. But actually, in a lot of circumstances, you know, even if it wasn't COVID nineteen, a child probably wouldn't have probably visited wouldn't anyway. Visit um, no. And I think back to my own, you know, my, my nana dying, I, I didn't kind of have that contact. In fact, so many, I had a lot of um, older people die when I was younger because there was always family friends that were aunties and uncles that were very close. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, but then I know, bet all of them, there was never any kind of, I never went to the hospital. I was never allowed no. to do any of that. No. And I think sometimes we, as adults, it's us that struggle to understand or it is. struggle with the fact we can't go say goodbye and then we yeah. project it onto the children. Absolutely. And it's to remember that. Def definitely. And also, um, some children are more resilient than you think, actually. And it's a bit, little bit like it was explained to me by a great bereavement trainer, Beatrice. She, she talked about a jigsaw puzzle. And as parents, we kind of want to protect the children. So we don't always tell them the parts in the jigsaw puzzle but then what happens is the child then makes that missing piece up so it might not be a, a nice piece and they they might make up misconceptions uh without the knowledge so some children are there's some great books badges parting gifts one and there's some, lo some lovely books that you can talk about loss and grief but in a with through another character or through you know mm -hmm. one step removed approach and it's about actually um talking about the feelings and and talk uh, being able to be role models to for our children so one of the good things is that um through grief so for example a dad might not want to cry in front of their child just you know they, they might think or granddad might not want to cry because they're that generation but actually being being able to cry and then laugh again is showing that child that grief is oh it is sad but it's not forever it, it then it changes and then it can be happy, sad, happy, sad. It's changes in emotions. So it's about role modelling as well, definitely. Mm. Last question then before I get to my four closing questions. Um, 
how can staff then who are going back into school because I know that um a lot of staff are anxious about it definitely yeah. on social media yeah. how can staff look after their own mental health and well-being you know working That's through such really a good time? question really good question and they're working I've got some friends working such long hours at the moment as well getting the schools prepared and yeah. stripping walls down all sorts of things my, my friend last week was working till nine o'clock and she, she only works two days a week part-time and yet she's been in you know yeah. so I would say having trying to do things that make you happy as well and actually saying to yourself look I can't do it all I can I can I'll do I can do my best but I can't just that list never does get completed you know there's always things that you can put on a list um and and at all put on your list have a break go and have a gin and tonic outside in the garden for an hour and then go back you know and it's about having having those to do's but with yourself in mind as well because actually if you're not in a good place who's going to look after those children in school you need to be the look after you so then you are in a good place to look after your children and and if you don't look after you who can so you need to put yourself first sometimes and look after yourself and that's um doing things that make you happy, having a little, um, thinking about how you can be kind to yourself and kind to somebody else because that makes you feel better. And actually um, feeling like you can do something for yourself, whether that's going out for a run for an hour away from you. Because quite often teachers, we've got our own young families as well, haven't Mm -hmm. we? And it's how how do I keep my own children happy, juggle work, juggle personal home life as well as well as looking after my parents because they're older (laughs) so you're really trapped aren't you in the middle yeah I know I know especially as well you can just imagine can't you're a teacher who's working full-time they've got young children maybe their children can't go back to school yet Uh, Um, shopping for your dad yeah you're you're shopping for your dad yeah um but you can't go in because you've got to shop for your mum as well and they're not together and um, and yeah. it's just oh what a, a complete nightmare and then you work when do you get to sleep night, this is it and yeah. then you're run yeah. down but you actually yeah. need to be in a really good place and then you can't wise. sleep because you're waking up at four in the morning worrying about your bubbles <laughs> yeah. so it's so hard and it's you know I I wish I could um I mean I did it myself you know I I like I say I need to listen to my own medicine sometimes because you know I was one of those teachers as well and uh, I still work hard as, as you do as well because that's it's in us isn't it mm. but it's also about kind of an working, addiction yeah but working hard to look after yourself as well because we should be you know looking after ourselves as well because it does make a difference it's that thing isn't it about um you know when uh, you're on an airplane and they tell you always Mm. put your own face mask on because you can't help somebody until you can breathe properly yourself and that that is so true and it's so easy to think that we're doing the right thing by working 70 hours and right and, and sometimes we need to use this time to really try and reduce workload and focus on right okay well yes. let's do activities in the classroom that's good for everyone and we're going to do and it's all about the child and, and let's remember hope that, that stays yeah and just the child it's about the child it's not about um making you know you so and so happy for that day it's about the child if it if it makes a difference for the child then do it if it doesn't don't do it just do what helps the child and and I think as well sometimes if you imagine you're talking to a friend 
then you might listen to it <laughs> you know you know like I'm I'm, yeah. I'm great one for ad- giving my friends advice and then don't follow it myself but so now what I do is I pretend I'm talking to my friend and I'll say right Sarah what you need to do and actually it's me I'm telling me so and I think that sometimes because we are givers aren't we we are carers naturally and we're very much we'd rather help someone else than than ourselves sometimes first (laughs) yeah and that's natural I think as well Mm. and okay then so four closing questions if Mm. you could wave a magic wand how would you solve the life work balance problem oh that's a hard one isn't it I think I would make well well-being is a priority really because I always go from um you know happy child learns more you know uh, if a -hmm. a child's happy then they're more likely to learn and a happy teacher is more likely to do a better job and somebody who feels valued and puts in so much more than they than than they would do so I would say it's about being kind to each other to get most out of everybody because if you're kind to somebody else then they're kind to you and then you feel better and then you're kind it's like a big you know circle so my magic wand would be kindness I think and it would be about um sharing that message with our children as well and actually the children help us to be kinder for ourselves as well because they'll say oh miss um you know when you did that you know they're little people themselves aren't they and I think um that work-life balance I think you've got to this lockdown hopefully will make us like you say think about the priorities and think about what you really value in your world and for me it's time with my friends and my family and you know there's there's always another teacher and another teaching assistant and you can you can only do what you can do but it's much better if you do it in a better quality rather than quantity and that is about taking stock and thinking about things before you do them not just doing a knee-jerk reaction and being a bit proactive as well building up that mental fitness i've talked about before being kind to yourself and then you're you're you you know mm. I know it doesn't say it's not it's not easy is it I like I say I have to listen to my own life sometimes <laughs> but I think I think for me as well what makes me happy is my friends and my husband and my 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 important people in my life help mm. me be me and I think giving yourself time to do those things so if I see my friends or speak to my friends I know I'm happier if yeah. you love listening to music or dancing or running or, um, you know, doing jigsaws, it doesn't matter. Do those things because mm-hmm. that will make you be a better teacher. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, so where do you think education is going to go in the next 10 years then? Well, I think, yeah, online is started now. So I think it's not going to go back. I think it will go on bigger and better and bolder. I think that, um, thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness, you know, last year we all started talking about um, our own curriculums and being creative with our curriculum maps. Mm. I'm thinking, hallelujah, because now the kids are going to be, they would hopefully have made cakes with their parents. They would be doing lots of things, practical things in the garden, making dens, blah, blah, blah. And I think, yes, bring that back, you know, bring that into the curriculum, make it 
really super blended blend in those skills that become it's almost like i remember my way back 25 years ago and they used to have a topic table <laughs> and that all changed when the old national curriculum uh, the literacy and numeracy strategy came in which was oh, okay because that's what i, I learned would have been at school then at a topic table. topic table okay yeah. but on that topic table kids brought in the pine cones didn't they and then you'd find out about seeds and fertilization and then you'd find out about that and it's actually about that inquiry again back, back to Lorraine's thinking about starting with their questions and actually harvesting and and um, developing an inquiry mind because if children are cute they're naturally curious at the beginning and sometimes as teachers we kind of drum it out of them you know because we've got to do everything no stop asking questions hands down hands down stop asking questions now you've got to listen to me now because i've got all of this success criteria that i need to fit in and yeah. um and my head teacher's gonna pop in any moment and i've got to i've got to make sure a lot of these things are ticked off so and you no, need no, to ask an appropriate question to me yes <laughs> yes yes yeah. is that an appropriate question yeah so it's about do i need... why the sky is blue yeah. yeah 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 exactly and look at how sky are blue our skies are at the moment Moment and kids should be asking that why is yeah. the sky blue all of a sudden since lockdown miss <laughs> I, I did actually point out to Hattie on a walk the other day I said Hattie look at that and she was like what and I was like never again will you see the sky so blue yeah and she said what are you talking about I was like look there's not even a plane trail in the sky no, you'll never I see think, that again oh, no. ever no and uh yeah and so I I would say um to I've forgotten the question now but it was about um where's Where's it going? Where's it going? I would say hopefully. And do you know what I really hope as well? I hope that a lot of parents, or some parents at least, really value teachers again. I think yeah. that's got a little bit, a little bit lost. You know, I think it's sometimes we're kind of the mud on their shoes. Sometimes I don't know why, but you know, they they have some conversations with us. They probably would never question their doctor or their dentist, and yet they question teachers and we're yeah. we're professionals um we train hard we work i don't hard. think the media helps um no, with that but, but, you but you know i think you know maybe parents really do see how you know teaching children fractions isn't easy and and teaching them at home would have been hard for them and for them to actually really you know understand a little bit more about what a class of 30s like to teach you know yeah and what, what teachers actually do and I think also I hope that a lot of parents realize their role in it as well yes um, you know really I do think think, I do think that that this will have changed a generation of parents I'm not saying that every summer holidays they're going to want to homeschool but hopefully they've found ways to educate their children more than they would have done when they've been on a walk yeah. you know they've there yeah, I agree I know that we we've definitely you know sometimes on a walk we'll we'll do counting and things where mm. we might not have done that we probably would have done it but not so what's the word intentionally yes um, yeah yeah so I hope that we've kind of fostered a generation of parents now that yeah that understand how to weave learning into everyday situations yeah um, yeah good point yeah definitely and it would be really nice to see that more over the summer and see whether that kind of helps prevent a summer dip 
yeah yeah that's that's that would be ideal wouldn't it that would be fantastic and also i think um you know from the children i've spoken to anyway recently and and some of my students their relationships with their parents are a lot closer and a lot better actually they're really you know you know those sometimes they everyone has arguments don't they with sibling arguments that's that's natural that's normal but actually doing stuff together bring mm. does bring you together and you know we it i think this lockdown has brought families together in a way i know we've had that distance in but i know for one i've really missed not being able to hug my dad and yeah. and i'm a sensory person i want to sniff him and hug him and kiss him and um can't and it's like that oh i want to do what i'm not allowed to do <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. and i think that will be feelings in and and also with the sad things about people dying you do not want your family to die do you it's that that's the ultimate mm. isn't it you really love your family and friends and actually it's about oh goodness me i don't want to lose anybody that you love so i think that will hopefully shine through and uh, be a positive definitely in our schools as well maybe you know that um you know that uh, help linking with the community that's always quite tough in schools you know on the offset and it's all like, how do you does your school link with the community hopefully it's not just about having tea tea parties and and carol concerts it's actually about really involving yourself a bit more with the community i do think that teachers have had to connect with parents more i, I know that um it, you know obviously had is only only in nursery at this point um but i feel like we've connected with her teacher more um mm. especially obviously because um you know we own classroom secrets and when we run it yeah. and i had some conversations with her about that um kind of from a point of view of do you know what we um we understand your position um yeah. and and yeah. what what it is for you because you know obviously we've got a teaching background and everything mm. um but yeah i think we've probably had more kind of contact with her than maybe yeah. we had and, even and though we just seen her at the school gates yeah and do you think as well we've had more one-to-one -one time because we are zooming and we're in each other's living rooms or whatever and sometimes at school we've got other like this glitter again the snow globe we have so many other things that we have to do that actually by doing a zoom call it makes you stop and have that conversation rather than thinking about you know 600 other things and i know mr sir's waiting for me down the road and you know all this that my mark my markings like this or whatever so i think maybe the the zoom thing does help but it's having that time again the time to be able to the talk to do it. yeah okay yeah. who's your favorite teacher at school and why okay oh, i'm a little bit of a rebel because i didn't have a favorite teacher i'm afraid <laughs> but what i do know is um how my teachers made me feel and it links back to just a personal thing for me i think really um a lot of teachers that i enjoyed um were be ones that i felt successful in that i was i was confident in so those teachers i do i do remember my french teacher mrs easter who was amazing at helping myself confidence didn't really learn a lot of french though unfortunately but <laughs> she's a lovely lovely lady and um and i and i remember um teachers like her and her telling me to believe in myself and that's why I like science because I could answer more I could investigate things and 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 I've got and my energy and my enthusiasm is what is is who I am so a teacher that would rec recognize that and got 
had the time to get to know me um, made a big difference in my, my life. And that's, that's when I decided I want to be a teacher like that. I want to be a teacher that, that knows the children and, and uh, has empathy and enthusiasm. And that's, that's what made it for me, really. So sorry I hadn't got a particular one. <laughs> no, that's fine. I don't think I have a teacher that I like the best. I seem to kind of go for... I, I, I remember the teachers who were more strict, which mm. really makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of like them more, but I think part of it for me was that there was no time wasted and I could kind of get into what they were trying mm. to, to provide because you know one of them was science and I wasn't really a fan of that but I liked <laughs> I liked that I knew where I stood and yeah. that, that if I was doing what I did which was always being good I would be okay yeah <laughs> so yeah 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 and yeah. um, but anyway what did you want to be when you grew up so I wanted to be a scientist always did absolutely loved it I had my first chemistry set at 10 I just wanted to be out there doing science being a crazy scientist and I was and then I became a teacher <laughs> so I, I'm I'm pleased that I did do my I was unusual in that I knew what I wanted to be what I wanted to do and I was really lucky to work for Unilever who were massive and did all my education through them so um but then I think well I think what I wanted to be was be enthusiastic and passionate and caring and I am still that still that now so that that I'm I'm really I'm true to myself I am me and I'm sometimes I have to listen to be confident but um most of the time I'm uh, I can be happy doing what I'm doing so I'm pleased <laughs> yeah that's really good um so Georgia thank you so much for joining me on the teachers podcast today you're very welcome Claire it's been lovely having chatting with you it's been brilliant thank, thank you. you thank you Thank you so much for listening. What we're attempting to do as educators right now was never part of our training. So the best thing we can do is muddle through together, learn what has been successful and unsuccessful from our peers, and lean on the knowledge that experienced professionals can give us. You'll find everything that Georgia and I talked about in the show notes. If this is the first time that you're listening to the Teachers Podcast, then do remember to subscribe and explore the other episodes because I've had some truly inspirational and knowledgeable guests. It's a really great time to tap into some free CPD. And if you want to request that someone is on the podcast, then you can let us know in our Facebook group called The Teacher's Podcast Community. See you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teacher's Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.